0: In the parable that Scott just read, the, the tax collector who humbled himself before the Lord was the one who was justified by the Lord. Today, you're going to hear from a distinguished woman who did exactly the same thing. Serving at a Fortune 500 company uh, at the top of her game, she heard the call of Christ and she listened and she acted. Listen carefully between the lines and you'll hear the words of someone who has much to say to us, both men and women. I ask you to welcome the distinguished Diane Pattison. Good morning. Good morning. I get the pleasure of interviewing Diane. Well, welcome. Thank you, uh, and thank Chris for for coming to share consecration Sunday with us, Diane.
1: Thank you. It's our it's our honor to be here. Thank you so much.
0: You know, I'd, I'd also like to um, acknowledge our first speaker of the series, Vaughn Brock, and his wife, Jerry, it drove back over this All morning right. to be with us. <laughs>
1: thank you,
0: Vaughn. Okay, this is a little different approach to a sermon, granted, but I think it'll be fun. And um, I so appreciate you joining us to talk about how God speaks to you and through you. That's our theme for Consecration Sunday. Uh, And I have to tell you, he's been doing that for a while. We met in 1983, and what I noticed was striking, that there was a glow and a warmth about you, Diane, that was not like any I'd ever seen before. And it was only a few weeks after we met that I learned that that was really Christ shining his light through you. And since that time, you have been shining that light in the most amazing places. And that's what I'd like for us to spend a little time on this morning, if that's okay.
1: Fantastic. Thank you.
0: First question. (laughs) So Oregon Farm Girl migrates uh, after Oregon State, right? right, to the East Coast, finds your way through work and to Harvard Business School. We meet, you go on to do great things, I fumble around. And then you find your way to forming a ministry, founding a ministry called Forward, um, about Christian women that are in the workplace. and. I'm truly amazed by that, and I just wanna know, you know, along that path, what were the four big turning points or big events that led you to where you are today?
1: Well, thank you, Andy, and it's such an honor to be here. Um, so we all know that we were promised in God's word, um, Jeremiah 29 11, that God had plans for us from the first time we were in our, our mother's womb. And when I look back at these four turning points in my life, you know, at the time, sometimes they felt great and other times they felt horrible. But I look back and I see that God had a reason for all of it. So these four key turning points are, um, you know, I was very blessed to be raised on a farm in Oregon. Um, It taught me a lot about hard work. My parents were believers, so I was blessed to grow up in a family, extended family, that was Christ-centered. Second, I had the opportunity to go to Harvard Business School, and that's when my whole world opened up, because I really hadn't been outside the state of, of Oregon to that point in my life, clear up until that time. And I mean, what would my life be today without knowing Andy and Vaughn and my husband, Chris, because that's where that these relationships came from. And then third, unfortunately, I went through a divorce. And as um, you all know, uh, th- that is a horrible thing to go through, and, it's, and it was a failure in my life. But it was the time in my life where I really became desperately dependent on Jesus as my Savior. It was really through through the strength I had, through my faith, that I was able to um, be a single mom of two young kids and um, go forward with in my life in a way that he wanted me to do. And last of all, um, as Andy mentioned, I work for Trammell Crow and CBRE and Prologis, all in the commercial real estate space. In um, 2009, my career ended with Prologis, and it was really at that point where I slowed down, I started to listen, and really take time to see, you know, God, what have you called me to do next with my life? And he really spoke to me about something to do with women, um, something to do with professional women and something to do with the most important part, which is um, my faith.
0: Great. Well, and certainly has worked out. So what but I want to know more about, you know, sort of that step to founding and pursuing founding forward. What What was that about?
1: Yeah. Well, great question. You know, as I look back and I think about, you know, what were the key things that that influenced me to feel like I needed to start this ministry for women in the workplace. So it was really three key things. So my first, um, the first thing was that I really saw that we needed to change corporate America. I was the only woman in the, on the global executive team of two Fortune 500s and one Fortune 1000 company, and there was something wrong with that picture. Um, so I knew, number one, I needed to be a part of changing that, that picture. Second. When I was at CBRE and I was the head of global outsourcing for the company, um, I had 4,500 employees. It was a $600 million business. And I had my largest account. I needed to change out the account teams. So we had put the job descriptions out for people to apply. And guess what? no woman applied. My second largest account was led by a woman named Lisa, and we are dear friends to this day. And I went to Lisa and said, Lisa, why are you not applying? And she said, Diane, do you really think I could do that job? And I thought, confidence. I've got to help women really move into the gifts that God has given them with confidence so they can be a light in the workplace. And then last of all, I thought, am I the only one that thinks this way, or is feeling this way? So I looked at the the statistics. In 2010 census, if you look at three major shifts in my lifetime, the first one is women that were primary breadwinners of their families had tripled. So from 11% to 40%. Second, women that had children under 18 had gone from 47% to 72%. So 72% of women today that have children under 18 are in the workplace. And then last of all, and all of you know this statistic because you read about it all the time, But in 1975, only 6% of college degrees went to women. Today, it's over 60%. So with all that, I said, well, I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way. Um, So I looked at the faith-based data. And between 2005 and 2015, Barna did a study of women in the church. And what they found was the unchurched amongst women had increased. 8%, 8%, and the really alarming statistic was 85% of those unchurched women had been a part of a church. And that's when I knew we need to do this and we need to bring Christ back into their lives. And then I looked to find, you know, who's out there doing this? Because I'm someone that likes to help other people, I've never aspired to be a CEO or a founder. And so I started looking at Marketplace Ministries, and there were 1,200 led by men for men or men and women. Guess how many in 2009 were beyond one city that was led by women for women? Any guess? Zero. So that's when I went to my mentor, Bob Buford, who's actually a childhood friend of Patrick's um, that I found in the first service at 7.30, Um, but I went to Bob and shared with him the same story and he said, Diane, you have got to start this organization. I know you can do that and you need to write a book. And I said, that will be a miracle because I hate to write. And so Work, Love, Pray is a miracle because Bob actually introduced me to the editor and to a ghostwriter. So off we went. This was 2009. 2011 we launched with a a website, a local group, and the book, Work, Love, Pray. Well, today we're building a global community of Christian women in the workplace. Why? Why? so we can help them reach their God-given potential with confidence. And how do we do it? We do it three ways. So think of a funnel. We have 160,000 today, to God be the glory, 160,000 today that are part of our digital community. Then you go down the funnel, we have 27 cities where we have local groups. And San Antonio is one of those. And we had a few women from your church there with us yesterday. Um, When I met with the group and now we have a mentor program that we've had 500 pairs graduate from our mentor program and these mentees are from actually all over the world Um, we do it all virtually So it's just been amazing to see how there was such a need out there Um, There was just an idea um, to get something started and that was my gifting and God did all the rest so that's the forward story.
0: Beautiful. We've been talking about how when we share our gifts, um, we never really know what happens. And I'm struck by your story and how uh, Bob now, uh, Bob Buford would not really know, but all this has happened because of his sharing with you. And so right. there's a, a, a great theme here. Well, yeah. we we had the opportunity through technology to share Uh, some videos about two of your mentees uh, that have gone on to do some wonderful things, uh, one being Liz Mohan and the other being Lopez Lamont. And so I I think those were great examples of this um, flywheel at work, if you will, and how God has expressed uh, the love through them is just terrific. I'd like to direct our conversation, if I might, to unpacking those stories just in a little more detail so our church family could understand how those connections get made and and what the results might be.
1: Yeah. Well, as you'll tell, as Chris would tell you by my energy, I love telling these two stories. So um, Liz is actually 30 years younger than me, and um, she's a woman. she's 15? Yeah. (laughs) And she's someone I admire so much, and um, she has zero fear, and her, her zero fear comes from her strength in the Lord. But she had come to Forward in 2011 when we launched in Portland. She was our fourth speaker, and that was the, the first time I met Liz. And um, she started telling her story of how she was in high school, in uh, Uganda, teaching high school. Uh, men and women. And she saw that the women were not allowed to go to college. They either would start a family or they'd be in the workplace. And she said, I've got to change this. So she actually was not a real lover of business at this point in her life, but decided, I think I need to create a company that would give them jobs so that they can go to college and help them save their money so that they can go to college. So she started this little company called Seiko Designs. Um, They make strappy sandals and and shoes. And some of you may own Seiko. that was 2011, and I was sort of an informal mentor for Liz, and she would call me and say, do you know someone that could help me with this on the legal side? Do you know someone that could help me on the marketing side? Well, in 2016, she came to me and said, um, I want to do my first round of funding. And I said, Liz, I am not the person to help you with that. That is not my gifts. Andy could have done that. but." We had a woman named Julie Silcott, who had just applied to be a mentor in our mentor program, and she was the head of an investment banking firm in Dallas, Texas. So I said, if you'll apply, Liz, I will match you with Julie. Well, that happened, and Julie gave Liz access to three multi-level marketing CEOs of Beauty Control, Origami Al, and one other, and totally helped... Uh, Liz changed her business model to be an at-home sort of Tupperware-type party sales because it was the story of Seiko that really sold the products. And it was hard for these boutique um, salespeople to help, you know, to tell that story. So her business tripled in size the next year because of Julie's impact on on Liz for their company. So that year, and today, 126 Ugandan women in Kampala have graduated with a degree from a university and now are um, affecting their community in, in Kampala.
0: So. Fantastic, a great results. How about, uh, how about the Lost Boys of Sudan and Lopez's work in that regard?
1: Yeah. So um, I know a lot of you know the story of the Lost Boys of Sudan. Um, I got choked up the last time. I didn't think I would do it this time. But Lopez um, was sitting in a chapel, just like the chapel over here, on his mom and dad's lap at five years old when the communists came in and ripped him out of his out of his parents' arms. And he he was taken to a um, refugee camp, or a camp, actually, their camp, that they were going to either kill him or turn him into a child soldier. Well, Lopez, you know, by the grace of God, two of his brother's friends were in that same camp, and they found a hole in the fence and ran from southern Sudan to Kenya. They were then... um, brought into a U.N. refugee camp, and he was there 10 years. So now he's 16, and around that time, he saw on a little screen Michael Johnson winning the 100-meter dash and getting a gold medal, and he said, I'm going to do that someday. Well, just that next year, President Bush worked with the Catholic Charities and enabled the Catholic Charities to bring these lost boys of Sudan to the United States. Lopez was adopted by a family. Excuse me. I'm sorry. In in Tully, New York, and his parents actually adopted six. So think of that gifting that his parents um, had to adopt six lost boys of Sudan. And Chris and I've actually had the chance to meet all the brothers at um, Lopez's wedding. But. He, in order to um, play soccer in this refugee camp, they raced 18 miles every morning in order to see who would play soccer first. Well, as you can imagine, Lopez became a great runner. And when he got to Tully, he was playing soccer. Then he started playing, uh, running cross-country, and they realized he was really fast. I mean, he even outpaced the pace car. <laughs> so he, uh, he got a full-ride scholarship to the University of Northern Arizona, ran for us in the um, Beijing Olympics, was actually asked to be the flag-bearer of um, the US Olympic team, that's when Michael Phelps and all those other famous people there, but Lopez was voted by his fellow Olympians. And I had a chance to be his warm-up act at a speaking deal in Oregon. And I was so taken by his story, I said, Lopez, do you want to have a lunch buddy next week? And he said, yeah, I just moved here. So we went to lunch, we got to know each other, I left with eight things to do to help Lopez around his real passion, which was to give back to the kids in South Sudan, not the gold medal. And so with that, one of our classmates and dear friends, Kevin Jenkins, um, at the time lived in London and ran World Vision. So I thought, and this is my gift of connection, I thought, okay, there's got to be something here. You know, Lopez is a runner. He wants to give back to the kids in South Sudan. Kevin runs World Vision. He has 500 people in South Sudan. Kevin would love to have a new group of donors that follow Olympic athletes, runners like Lopez. So I called Kevin. I told him the story. About a month later, Kevin called me. And he said, Diane, I'm going to introduce Lopez, I want you to introduce Lopez to Steve Haas, who runs, uh, is with us in Seattle. So that happened. Well, what Lopez and Steve came up with is Team World Vision for South Sudan. And they actually started 10 vans running the Hood to Coast. So I don't know if any of you know about the Hood to Coast run, I see heads nodding. But today, in August, Chris and I were with all the, the runners that were doing this. Today, they've raised $4.5 million for 90,000 water wells in South Sudan. Yeah, what about that? Okay. <clears throat> so to God be the glory, and it was really just my gift of connection that those things happened, and then Julie did the rest, and Steve did the rest, and God did all the rest.
0: just picked up the phone and made I a call, and that was that was fantastic. well, in thinking about forward, just so we understand a little bit uh, how others give what are what are some of the ways that God uses people in forward
1: yeah, well, I have to tell you, I was really honored to come here t- today, but I've already had at least five women from the nine o'clock service that says, we wanna be a mentor. So um, you know we love to have any of you that would like to be a mentor in Forward. We have all these amazing women from all over the world that would die for your wisdom. Uh, We have a local group like we do here in San Antonio and some of your women are actually involved in that local group. I was with Lizzie um, Andy's um, daughter-in-law, who's actually a friend of ours the, from Dallas, and she's a part of that local group. So you can be a part of that and help lead that group. And then we have Mrs. Bush coming to be our uh, keynote speaker at our gala in um, February in Dallas. And Andy might have a few extra seats at his table if you want to come.
0: <laughs> Goodbye, I, to- I may have to have another table after, the- <laughs> after this great talk you're giving. But, um- well, those are, those are fantastic um, opportunities to plug in, and thanks for sharing those. You know, our, we, we have some business today here. You know, it's Consecration Sunday for us. We've been building for this uh, for a month now. And, you know, this is the time in, in our church calendar that uh, we ask people to think about God, what God is asking them to do with respect to their personal ministry uh, through our church. And given that you've had so much experience uh, across many uh, different organizations, and particularly with Forward, what, what words of encouragement would you have for us yeah. on this important
1: day? Yeah. Well, I am really honored to be here on this important day. And um, as I look at my life, we, we all have different seasons, right, as we go through life. And we, we've, we read in God's word in Ecclesiastics 3, 1 through 11, that, that there are times and different seasons for all of us. And when I was um, in the corporate world, uh, you know, married to Chris, we have four kids, you know, I could just write checks. But today I can give my time, I can give my talent and my treasure. So you know, when I look at um, what, how God has used me and my gifts, it, it's just as simple as I just picked up the phone or I just connected Julie with Liz. So I just encourage you to just figure out what God is calling you to do with your time, talent and treasures. And just pick up the phone because God will do more than you will ever ask or imagine and um, Ford is an example of that and that verse is our verse of forward which is um, Ephesians 3:20 20 to 21 that God will do more than you can ever ask or imagine
0: Amen thank you for being here. Thank you.